Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about an octopus, tarmac gambling, rocks, grunts, celebrities, tweezers, and crevasses. The music for this show I recorded in a subway station in Madrid. Let's get on with the show. flight to Paris and after the meal service we put the lights down for everyone to go to sleep you know it's an all-night flight and uh, I'm walking through just picking up trash and another flight attendant who I know and like uh, is pointing without you know she's trying to point without letting the passengers see she's pointing and I look over her and there's this guy with this big thing on his head and I'm thinking what the heck is that it, uh, at first I thought it was something the passenger well I thought it was like homemade because it was this giant fluffy pillow over his head with nothing showing but his nose and his mouth and his big and it's um fluffy <laughs> so I go over that aisle to get a better look and I'm thinking like what the heck is that thing so I'm telling the other flight attendants go look at that guy with this big thing on his head kind of look like say when back in the day when they hung people they'd put that hood over their head before they they hung them but this is a big puffy 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 hood <laughs> So later on in the flight, uh, he had that thing off. And so I couldn't wait. He was awake. So I went over there. I'm like, hey, what what's that thing? And he said, oh, it's called a octopus. And I'm thinking, oh, well, I guess it looks a little bit like an octopus head. So uh, he said it's for sleeping. It cancels out the noise. And it's also an eye shade. And you can sleep well with it. And I'm thinking, well, he's not sleeping, but that's okay. I'm like, hey, do you mind if I go show the other flight attendant? So he lets me take the thing. Good sport he is. So I take it to the gallery. I'm like, look at this thing. And they're like, oh my gosh. And I kind of wanted to put it on and take a picture. Um, but I didn't know how personal uh, octopus napping pillow is. You know, is it like using someone's hairbrush or their um, earbuds? You know, I didn't know if that was very nice of me. So I, 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 
resisted the urge to put it on and take a picture. But I do have a picture. I looked it up when I got home, and I have a picture. I'm going to use it as the picture for this podcast, and I'm also going to put it on my, you know, I'm an influencer, which is funny. I don't think I've made a ascent from that <laughs> Amazon page. But hey, I like the idea of being an influencer. And uh, I'll also put it on my Amazon page, which is at amazon.com slash shop slash skybetty. That was amazon.com slash shop slash skybetty. <laughs> anyway, uh, so then later on, um, uh, you know, I had, you know, went on crew rest, you know, you're doing other things. And now it's time to do the breakfast service going into Paris. So um, there's that guy and, I, I, you know, I'm asking him if he wants coffee or anything. And I said, hey, so um, how did your octopus work? And he looks at me. And from right there, I'm like, it was this guy, right? I know it was this guy. I talked to this guy. And he's looking at me like he doesn't know what an octopus is or why. And I said, well, I've never said that sentence before. You know, how did your octopus work? <laughs> and he's looking at me weird. And I said, you know, your big uh, fluffy pillow head thing. And he goes, oh, it's called uh, an ostrich. So no wonder he thought it was weird that I asked him how his octopus worked <laughs> at breakfast. So I love Pan Am stories. They're my favorite. So you worked for Pan Am. I did. Okay. And we used to fly to Africa. And we used to fly the Boeing 707 to Africa. And we'd have a, a flight to Liberia. And they would have marked the nose wheel to uh, like a roulette wheel and we'd all bet on it the pilots and then we'd all bet on the what number and there was just enough for the crew on the wheel and so we get to Monrovia and everyone be flying off the airplane to go check out what number won because (laughs) the number on the bottom but touching the ground won and so the first time I did it, How did I won. How numbers stay on there? Was it chalk? Oh, yeah, because it's chalk. Oh, and so right. it's on the side of the wheel. <laughs> it was pretty fun. And the passengers and were win? probably all going, money. We all, you know. Pitched in. Pitched in. And then whoever go and get the pool. Got the pot. So the passengers are like, what are they doing? Oh, where are they going? <laughs> <laughs> but we all had to go and verify which number. Oh, because uh, you didn't believe it. the person if they won oh, we, we would have. But, you know, it was more, more fun. fun to go check it out yourself. <laughs> never heard of that That's before. It. That's cute. I think I've mentioned a few times before or had them tell them, but I like stories about flight attendants who still got hired after they were too short to meet the five foot two height requirement. So uh, I think sometimes uh, I'm offensive to short people because... <laughs> I'm 5'8", and I will say, if there's a flight attendant, and I've never flown with her before, and she's, you know, height-challenged, I'll say, how tall are you? And they look at me like, you know, you're just saying I'm short. And I'll say, no, you know, I want to know because I want to know if you have a good story about how you got hired if you were under 5'2". And then they soften because they think, oh, she's just not, um, you know, criticizing me. <laughs> she She's curious about me. And so uh, this girl, she looked like she was like 5'2" maybe five one and I said how tall are you and you get that look like Ugh. and I said no I want to know because I want to know if you have a funny story about how you got hired and she said no I'm I I was five two I'm five two just made it five two she said but I have 
I have another story about getting hired. Uh, I was too skinny. She weighed too little. I didn't even remember this. I knew that um, flight attendants were always stressed out about being too heavy, and they'd be on this diet the whole way through training because you you had for your height you had a weight limit. But there was also there was you had to be a certain weight. You couldn't be too thin. I didn't. I guess there weren't too many people that were too thin. But this was a little tiny girl, and she said I was like ninety nine pounds, and I think you had to be over a hundred. She was ninety eight pounds. Anyway, she was too. So the first interview, she failed because they said she 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 was worried about the height requirement, and they told her no, we, uh, we can't hire you because you weigh too little. Well, that's a problem most of us would like to have. You weigh too little. Uh, so she said for the second interview, she decided to put weights and rocks in her pockets. So her whole. <laughs> Every little pocket had some sort of heavy thing in it, and she had a suit full. There were quite a few pockets. It had like your pockets, you know, your normal pockets, and then there was like a breast pocket, and there was like inside pocket. So every every one had something heavy to, <laughs> to make her heavy enough to get hired. And she said it was really uncomfortable because they didn't weigh them until the end of the day. So for the whole day, everything is you know heavy. <laughs> She's walking around. <laughs> with rocks in her socks. In the last episode, I was mentioning about my brother that no one had heard from for ages and how he was a little uh, interesting, colorful. (laughs) And uh, I've been trying to help because he's having some financial and health problems. And, uh, you know, He's having a hard time. So uh, he's a little depressed. And so I've been trying to call to cheer him up and then also trying to uh, figure out if we can't get him signed up for some social services, uh, maybe social security, uh, those kind of things. But um, I'm on the phone with him and uh, I keep saying, well, maybe, you know, we could get on disability. He does have some um, some learning disabilities. But anyway, uh, he's a smart guy. He's extremely intelligent and creative. Uh, He's just, um, I think everyone in my family is a little weird. (laughs) I think maybe I got a a good dose of weirdness and maybe he got an extra dose. (laughs) You know, maybe only so much weird is good. But um, he is entertaining. So I thought, oh, I was going to tell you this first. So, um, I was trying to see if we can't get him. Maybe just signed up for Social Security early. I'm being real positive. Go figure. And uh, he's like, well, you you suffer from an optimism bias. <laughs> I thought that was so funny because I think, I think I do have that affliction. I have an optimism bias. So um, here is a little bit of my brother from Alaska. And if you guys like his stories, maybe I'll include more. No, no, there's just a bunch of people who don't know what's going on because they're tourists. You know, I'll just say, you know, what are you looking for? Because I, I can tell that they don't know what the fuck you're looking for. <laughs> Look, you know, like, you know, and, and they say, well, where, where do you get it? Like, you know, a case of beer and a bottle of wine. They say, oh, it's a plasma store. It's down the hall. And to the left, it's in the separate, separate part of the building. And they say, that's what you guys call it up here, a plasma store? I go, no, that's just what I call it. <laughs> you know what plasma is, right? Alcohol? No, yeah, well, that's what it is, but it's an essential bodily fluid of a clear nature, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, t- I told my, when a doctor, when I had my doctor, you know, he, he like you said, he retired. I go, hey, doc, you know, is it cool to have a couple plasma with these, you know, give me a couple, like, pills for so I could mm, talk 
and I was trying to get over to see uh, B.B. King in Anchorage, you know? And, and I sounded like B.B. King because I, I couldn't talk because I was hoarse, and he thought I was just kidding around, and I said, Doc, you know, I, hey, can I take a couple plasma with these? And he looks at me like, you know, plasma, what, the, what are you talking about? I'm like, beers, Doc, what are you talking about? <laughs> so you haven't changed much. I don't run into that many angry, disgruntled, difficult passengers. Uh, I see them on my commuter flights, uh, but on going to Europe, I think everybody, you know, it's a destination, you're going somewhere, we give them lots of food and drink, and basically, in general, people are pretty nice, you know, and polite and like a good crowd. Well, I was coming back from Paris, and there was a lady who was not a good crowd. Uh, She got on. She was already arguing with the gate agent when she got on. She wouldn't take her seat. She was about late 50s, dressed nice, uh, angry. Oh, was she angry. And uh, she did not stop for nine hours. She was mad about everything. Nothing was good enough. Uh, She kept complaining that... The cabin was too cold, but nobody else was cold. And we can warm it up, but if she's the only one that's cold, you know, we don't want to make it too hot for everyone else. We we actually did warm it up for her because she kept complaining so much. And uh, she was like one of those people who's kind of like, Arr! you know, like, Arr! everything she said was, ugh. <laughs> you know, steam coming out of her ears. So um, I just... I have this policy, and I enjoy it. Uh, I don't know if the passengers enjoy it, but I just keep being nice, even if someone's being mean to me, because they want me to get upset. That's the goal of some people like this. And so I just keep smiling and being nice to her, even though she's being mean to me. And the reason why I kind of like it is that makes that, that, that they hate that. They hate when you're nice to them if they're being mean. <laughs> So I look at his kind of game, and I'm just smiling at her, even though she's so she's going, it is so cold in here. I am getting a cold. And then I did say, which maybe I shouldn't have, but I said, um, well, you know, uh, you don't get a cold for being cold. It's a virus. And she went, Ugh! <laughs> I got lots of grunts from this woman. Okay, so we gave, she wanted red wine. We have free red wine. I the other flight attendant gives her the red wine, and she's saying, this wine is too cold. Why would you chill red wine? And uh, the other flight attendant was like, well, we don't chill the red wine, but uh, it is in the cart that, you know, it comes on cold. So, yeah, it might be a little cold. And um, she said she wanted to say that lots of times people serve red wine slightly chilled. Uh, not cold like white wine. But anyway, uh, she wanted her wine warmed in a hot water bath. I'm not joking you. She's in coach, right? She wants her wine put in a hot water bath. And so I was doing my little thing where I'm just nice. And I'm like, okay, I'll go do that. And I go and I take her wine and I put it in that glass and another glass with the hot water. And, um, you know, then of course she's going, where's my wine? Uh, because it takes a while. So like, we don't have a microwave. So, uh, 
I bring her up and, you know, I wanted to say, oh, you want me to put some mulling spices in your warm red wine? But I didn't. I just like, here you go. Still being nice. And then later on, she rings her call button and she said, I need some vitamin C. And I said, oh, would you like some orange juice? She said, no, vitamin C supplements. And I wanted to say, oh, yeah, it's back by the fish oil. <laughs> you know, it's not, I'm like, we don't, we don't, we don't dispense vitamins, supplements or um, any medicine, really, except for Tylenol. This continued. I mean, every single thing. (laughs) She wanted some coffee. The other guy mistakenly gave her tea, you know, and he was later and he was like, couldn't happen to a nicer person. And so uh, we'd rolled by and she tasted it and she's like, this is tea. I asked for coffee and he gave me tea. And I said, oh, it's okay. I'll get you some coffee. But you don't understand. I asked for coffee and he gave me tea. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. It's okay. I'll be happy to get you some coffee. But he gave me tea. (laughs) She's so angry. And I'm like, it's okay. I'll give you the coffee. I give her the coffee. And I said, would you like cream and sugar? She said, he already gave me the cream and sugar. (laughs) People behind her are all rolling their eyes. And I'm still just smiling away. So when we get to the United States, and she's getting off the plane. I said, bye, have a nice day. And she went, <laughs> Okay, so something happened on your flight? Yes, yeah, something weird. Okay. And it was a wheelchair passenger. He was from India. I think we were going Amsterdam to Atlanta or whatever. So he came on in a wheelchair and everything. But he was mobile, but he still needed the help. So, of course, he was on my side. Yeah. And the whole flight, you know, he was okay. And then, during the end, he um, had called me to let to, for me to put his seat up. And I just showed him where the bottom button was. I was like, well, you just push this button. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I want you to do it. And I was like, okay, you know, didn't think nothing of it. But before that, the other flight attendant and I were talking about, she was talking about, it was time for lint or something, so you had to oh. do good deeds or whatever. So, she oh. was doing that. But anyhow... So he calls again. I needed to uh, put the armrest down for him or something. I was like, okay, you know, because it's something that he w- he could do. He was right. mobile or whatever. But so then he calls me again, <laughs> and he's like, um, I need you to put my shoes on. Oh my gosh! And I was like, excuse me. These are serious. Yes. He was like, I need you to put your. And I said, I'll be right back. Cause in my mind, I was like, that I'm not doing because I would go back and forward to the person. Like, what is wrong with him, you know? And I told the person, I said, I do anything, no, anything. Me. But listen, I am not putting on that man's feet, you know? <laughs> so we're just cracking up in here. And just, I said, I am so sorry, but I'm not yeah. touching his stinky feet. No. I am not. What does he think, uh, you know? It's because what, um, the, the Indian people yes. And he was wealthy or something, yeah. and he thought, you know, we had, I had to just put, so the other flight attendant, she came to me, she's like, oh my God, whatever was your grandma, grandpa, I said, girl, uh-uh, I can't. <laughs> she said, well, I guess because it's Lind, I'm going to have to go do it for some good deeds. <laughs> I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon. You went to my website first, BettyInTheSky.com, click through any of the Amazon links or book links. It doesn't cost you anymore. It supports the show. I like to see what people buy. Somebody bought a book, uh, How Not to Die Cookbook, <laughs> The Search for Cleopatra, and you could also get one of those ostrich napping pillows. Uh, 
I would also like to thank uh, two people that did PayPal donations, George and Troy. Thank you so much. That just really makes my day. Um, there's a audio book review for Tar from Olgen in Istanbul, Turkey. He said, Travel and Fantasy. This is a wonderful book, resulting from Betty's experience and her creativity. If you've ever listened to her podcast, make sure to enjoy this audiobook format, too. The story flows well in a captivating way with unexpected turns. Thank you, Elgin. That's so nice. Um, so just a quick update. Uh, the audiobook is done, but it takes the audiobook for the tar maker. It takes a long time to publish. So I'm hoping it'll be done by the next podcast. I'll let you know. Uh, you know, when you when you publish a ebook, it's almost instantaneous, but the audiobook is uh, it can take up to six weeks. So I'll let you know. And um I've here's some happy news. <laughs> you know, I got hit, blasted, torn up by Hurricane Matthew of 2016. And guess what? They finally finished the work on my condo. <laughs> That's what. Uh, almost a year and a half later, if I would have known it was going to take them this long, I would have just hired somebody to do it. Uh, but they did it. Finally, it's done. And because they painted the newly finished wall, I had picked out a paint color uh, in November of 2016, and it's just been sitting here. And uh, when they painted that wall, it looked so nice. Amazing what a fresh coat of paint and a better color can do for a place. But now I'm I'm painting the whole place and it's I'm doing a little bit at a time because I always have all these projects going. So it's like, okay, I'm going to paint one wall. Then I'm going to work on the next book, which is Marjo the Only. And, you know, then I had to get in the closet and work on the audio book. And then, of course, there's the podcast and flying. <laughs> anyway, for those of you who went to Amazon, clicked through my website, ordered stuff on Amazon. Thank you so much. Okay, so I like, you know, we don't have as many celebrities now because they, after 9-11, they fly corporate. But back in the day, right. you know, we saw a lot of people. Yeah. So did you have someone on your flight? You know who else was uh, John Goodman? Oh, yeah. Well, he was sitting up front and uh, it was like on an MB-88. He was sitting up front in first class. And uh, this kid, he was like maybe like 20 years old like came up to talk to him and was like at the before like during boarding yeah well this is when there was still like people it wasn't always full up at first and so this kid like sat there next to John Goodman which we all thought he was with him <laughs> because he they just kept talking and talking and talking well at the end of the flight uh, John Goodman was like, you know, I don't even know that kid. I don't think he was supposed to be sitting up here. So he got a free ride. He got a, fr a free ride up at first because we all thought they were together. Oh, my God. You know? Yeah. And the, the, the kid was just bothering him. Yeah, and what a good but, but John Goodman was so, yeah. he was so nice yes, that he, he didn't want to yeah, yes. tell him, like, uh, you know, or even tell us, right. like, to send him back. Yeah. So he let him sit that, there. That, that's a really nice celebrity. He's super nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had Muhammad Ali. I had him too. Is he aware how we say I had him? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's probably not the best terminology. Probably not. But yeah, he was I had really him too. nice. He was nice. Yeah. yeah. Any female celebrity? Oh, Margot Kidder. <laughs> I had Margot Kidder. She, uh, she 
drunk. Yeah. And she was drunk on my teeth. Her, her false teeth fell out of her mouth, and she was down on the floor trying to, like, find them. Oh, my God. Yeah, Patty LaBelle, she, uh, you know how she has all those cookbooks and stuff? Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, she brought the whole crew uh, soul food. Like, she brought uh, t- Tupperwares of, like, uh, collard greens, and this is, uh, it was, yeah, for the crew. Very nice. Yeah. flying with this flight attendant that I like a lot. She's um, She's got a great sense of humor. And uh, we were going, we were in London, and uh, London is where the security for us is very strict. It's where, remember that flight attendant where they said, oh, you have a pedophile in your bag? She's like, I have a pedophile? And it was a, a nail file. Uh, toenail files, they were going, a pedophile. Uh, so they're very particular, very particular, picky, nitpicky about liquids. So uh, they were going to take this flight attendant's tweezers. And she said to them with this, she like put her face down, looked up with very seriously up then and said, you cannot separate a Greek girl from her tweezers. <laughs> first became a flight attendant, you know how they were saying, make sure, you know, um, you can't have, a, people cannot have this or that, like a screwdriver and stuff like that. Yeah. So Prohibitive items. Prohibitive items. So I, I get on the plane, my first trip, and then this guy asked me for, oh, for a screwdriver. And I didn't drink when I first when I was yeah. flying. I said, "Where am I going to get this man a screwdriver?" And I'm looking, and I and I was so ashamed to ask anybody about it because I should know because I just came from the training center. And I just acted like, "What am I going to do? What am I going to do?" He looks at me. I said, mm, "You know." And he looks at me, and I said, I, "I don't care." So I went to my A line. I said, "Where can I find a screwdriver for this man?" She said, "A screwdriver." Yeah, well, he said a screwdriver. I don't know where to find one here because I didn't, I didn't learn it. On you know where to yeah. find it. She said a screwdriver is an OJ and vodka. <laughs> uh, when I was in Barbados a few months back, I talked to this uh, Scottish couple. Uh, they were on a boat, and uh, they had brought the boat from Scotland. Uh, I'm always, you know, sort of fascinated with with people that are uh, living on boats. It just seems so romantic and interesting, something I'd kind of like to take a long boat trip sometime. And uh, she was explaining to me, we're like bobbing in the water in the pretty water. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, our boat that we're living on here, uh, you know, they docked out of uh, Barbados, but they're, they're, you know, they're on a journey. They're going from island to island. And she said, yeah, but our boat was meant for Scotland. So it has a heater, but no air conditioning and no shade. So, you know, it's really not the best for this kind of really hot climate. But she told me a story I thought was interesting. When they had passed through St. Martin, they had stayed there for a while, and they were at one of the bars where you watch the airplanes come in, which I think is so much fun. Like, who would think that an airport would be a tourist attraction? But it's so fun how close it gets to you, and you're in the water. It's great. It feels like you can reach up and touch the airplane. And she said there was a young couple at the bar, and when the woman went to the bathroom, the guy said, hey, can you help me? I'm going to propose. I'm going to propose out in the water when an airplane goes over, and um. I'm afraid that if I get down on one knee in the water, I might drop the ring. So will you sit here, when you see me get down on one knee, will you run out and give me the ring? And she was like, sure. And how nice is it to be able to participate in, you know, someone else's big romantic airport moment? (laughs) 
It's the time we had a passenger pee on the B coordinator's bag. It's so terrible. It was bad. So what happened was we're doing an all-nighter to somewhere, and um, she left her bag on the floor by the door, like right, right where there's the corner where there's the door in the bathroom on this plane. Um, and the guy comes up, and he's, like, really out of it and seems just a little, you know... Yes. A cuckoo. So he comes up to the door on the bathroom and starts pounding on it really hard. And I just go, um, sir, the, it's, uh, it's occupied. Yeah. There's, there's someone in there. And he just kind of ignores me, and he turns to face the door, like, 90 degrees, turns to face the door, leans up against it, and puts his head against the glass. So, you know, whatever. I go back to... Doing um, what you're doing. Yeah, whatever I was doing. Yeah. And all of a sudden we notice there's, like, a stream of liquid oh. coming around the, cor- the corner. <laughs> was he on Ambien or anything? I think it was an Ambien... Yeah. I call them Ambien zombies. Ambien attack. <laughs> it is dangerous. I went to a summer camp reunion in Pennsylvania... My camp was actually in West Virginia, but it's been closed for Lord knows how many years. But uh, I didn't even know there was such a thing as a summer camp reunion, but I loved that camp. That was like my first taste of adventure, my first taste of freedom. That tent was just like, it meant the world to me. And it also sparked that interest in the outdoors. And anyway, I, I it, ha- it holds such a special place in my heart that they were having a summer camp reunion. I thought, well, I'll go. <laughs> Even though I haven't seen these people in umpteen years, they closed the camp a few years after uh, I stopped working there. And um, I've talked about it many years ago, but um, I started going when I was 10. They called me Betty Boop. Uh, I My parents dropped me off and they thought I was going to, I was 10 years old and they thought I was going to be, you know, homesick. And I was like, okay, see you later. (laughs) I knew it was the place for me right as soon as I got there. It had such a, it was almost like an improv troupe. You know, there was always singing and skits and I just loved all the creativity and it was so nice seeing everyone. But I got there a little late because I had two flights to get there and then like a two hour drive. So a lot of people were there before me and I had told the the woman who ran the camp uh, and who was having it at her um, cabin in the woods that I was going to make it, but you know, I didn't know when. And, um, Apparently, before I got there, they were people were discussing uh, me, <laughs> and they were saying because uh, I, I was a camper from ten to fourteen, and then I was a counselor in training at fifteen, then a counselor at sixteen, and so a lot of these people were older than me, so. Um, they were saying how they didn't remember a lot of the campers, but everybody remembers Betty Boop, and I was thinking, really, <laughs> really. I don't know what I did to make an impression as a 10-year-old, but it sure was nice. I walked in and everybody was like, Betty Boop! (laughs) It was wonderful. Now this man one night woke up and had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, supposedly he had nine gin and tonics i don't know how he got nine served. i don't know how he got served nine but anywho he goes to the bathroom comes out goes back to bed well about a half hour later someone went in the bathroom and said there's 
poop all over the bathroom. Oh. And we're all like, who, 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 who could have done this? Well, they found out who it was because he tracked it back on, exactly the, on, to his seat. on the carpet back to his seat. And it got, and this is a business class, it got all over his blanket. Oh my gosh. All right. So when we saw that, we locked off the bathroom. Well, a little bit later than that, you know, the guy still passed out. His wife is trying to find their passports. And they don't know where the passports are. So they looked in the bathroom. He had their little pouch with their stuff pushed up against the back of the toilet basin with poo all over it. And uh, so she was so embarrassed because obviously what her husband did. And she's sitting there trying to get their passports out of this bag with stuff all over it. Yep. And... Like I said, it was in the the guy woke up about four hours later, had no idea what yeah. happened. But I like that he left a track like an animal. Oh, you could track literally. Where he <laughs> and it, it was, and I guess it was like the worst smell ever, just <laughs> going from the bathroom. <laughs> I spend a lot of time in Europe, and there's definitely differences between the United States and Europe. And one of the things that I don't like about Europe, and most things I do, but. Um, in the hotel rooms in Europe, lots of times, and I don't know why they do this, but it looks like you have a big bed, but what you have is two beds, like two twin beds smushed together. And sometimes they'll put like a queen sheets on the two twin beds, and then that's not so bad because uh, there's a crack in the middle, right? But because the sheets kind of hold the two beds together. But more often than not, in most of the hotel rooms I get in Europe, they're two twin beds with twin bed sheets. So it looks like a big bed, but when you go to take the sheets down, there's a hole between the two beds because it has its own sheets and blankets. So you pull the blanket down and now there's a two inch hole. And you can try, and I have tried, to smoosh them together, to use the nightstands to keep them together. But the thing is, the two beds just slowly roll further apart. <laughs> so here's the problem. In the middle of the night, you know, uh, or after you come in from Europe and you're in a nap, you're like in this deep sleep. But in that deep sleep, you have to remember when you're going to roll over, hey, jump over the crack. Hey, hey, there's a crack. There's a hole. Make sure you jump over the hole in the bed. <laughs> It's like a crevasse. It's like your bed has a crevasse in it, and I'm always afraid I'm going to either fall down in it or lose something in it. And I've never seen a bed with a crevasse in the United States. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. I love you guys. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha